Is it really episode 50? Episode 50! We've made it! We're halfway there. 200. (laughs) Uh. Welcome to Final Take, a conversation podcast about movies and possibly the biggest movie weekend of 2020. I'm Ethan Simi. I am Austin Davis. Today on the show, we are talking about the two movies that everybody, every single person, everybody is talking about uh, right now, Wonder Woman 1984 and Soul. We're going to be giving our full spoiler-filled review of both of them. Yeah. Yes. We'll see how it goes. Oh, I'm so excited. <laughs> We've been waiting. I mean, this is a big weekend for movies. Been waiting for this for a Since minute. Since like January and February. Yes, exactly. Mm. Um both of these movies came out on Christmas Day, which was a Friday. Mm-hmm. Um, Soul became available to stream on Disney Plus, Wonder Woman on HBO Max, and theaters. Keep yeah. this in mind. This is the first of like the congruent theater HBO Max crossover. Mm-hmm. Um, the beginning. Yes. The beginning of 2021 movies. The beginning of, of the future. 2020, you know. Even. Yeah. They had End to start a little early. Yeah. Um, how are you doing today, Austin? I am. I need to check in on you. I am tired, and I, th- I already <laughs> told you this. I so I've been on vacation since like the 16th, and today is the the what the 27th. Oh boy, yeah, it's late. Yeah, year's almost over. I know. Um, so I've had a long vacation in terms of uh, time off. <laughs> so I, you know, just what yeah. I've traditionally been doing this whole entire time is just been doing nothing and playing that's, video games and watching movies. Uh, so. My dumb butt, you know, uh, decided to stay up till like 4 a.m. It is currently 10.18. Stop. <laughs> so I have had less than, I I probably feel like you when you had your, your children for the first time. It's, uh yeah, it's brutal. You're probably running on low sleep. Yeah, so low. I have my second cup of coffee. Self-inflicted, though. It you, is. You've caused this, and, yes. and you can blame. Myself. Uh, Only me. Your, yourself. I was going to say you can blame Batman uh, Arkham Asylum. Wonderful game. Yeah. You got caught playing. I mean, um, but it's... Happens to the best of us. I, You know, I had to really... You know, it's COVID. What else thrilling thing would you do on your last night of your... Right. Like, long vacation? Stay up till four in the morning playing Batman. That's yeah. the only explanation <laughs> here. This is um, how much of a nerd I am. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> we are... And so, yeah, I wanted to check, because we're recording yeah. this show... Uh, geez. I don't know. Like, the morning after we just watched Wonder Woman. Yeah. So, I came over to your house last night. Mm. Watch Wonder Woman 1984. I want to talk about. The well, I want to talk about how you how you're doing. Though, oh, first, come I'm on. I'm doing wonderful. Yeah, this is our last show of the year, mm-hmm. episode 50. It's a big episode. Yeah, um, I'm feeling good. Got to watch two movies last night, doubleheader mm. back to back, and you can tell I'm jazzed. <laughs> no you got a lot intended. more. You got a lot more Ayo. energy than me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm used to running on really low sleep. Mm-hmm. Um, and so yeah, by the time I got. Uh, finished with both movies last night, Wonder Woman 1984 and Soul, and I uh, flipped, you know, flipped on Seinfeld to mm-hmm. like fall asleep to. It's about 1:30. Yeah. Woke up this morning at 6:30 with the girls, and I'm just I'm jazzed, ready to go. Ready to go. Yeah. I'm here. I knew today was recording day, mm-hmm. and I'm hyped uh, for the for our final episode of the year. All right, I have another question for you. Uh oh. How was your Christmas? Hey, it was really good. Yeah. Uh, I so I asked for Tenet uh, on Blu-ray, mm-hmm. and nobody delivered. So I'm a little sad about that. It's uh, kind of unfortunate. But uh, I got some really cool shirts. I'm wearing one of them right now. Austin, mm-hmm. can you see my shirt? Yeah, I can. It's, it's pretty Robert. sick. It's RDJ. Yeah, RDJ, like Iron Man pose mm-hmm. from, you know, the Endgame posters. But like, oh, 
I'm not gonna lie, it's almost like a almost like 1984 <laughs> or like Wonder Woman 1984 yeah. look. It's like it. a, it's like a, it's like not pixelated, but you know, like triangles and stuff. Mm. Um, yeah, it was a good. It was a good Christmas though, man. Just yeah. you know, took it easy, got to see the fam, so that was really nice. And you got an Apple Watch. Yeah, that that's that exciting. Was the only thing I asked for for Christmas. And you got it. I got it. So I mean, congratulations. Yeah, I mean, I I spent money on my my niece and my nephew and my mm. sister, so it's like, yeah. I mean, it's not far out of the reach of me asking for a watch <laughs> for my sister. So you know, it's warranted. Yeah, yeah. So I'm enjoying it. Yeah, so it I, tells I, me to stand up every once in a while. So. <laughs> <laughs> like last night when I was playing the video game, it was just like stand up. I'm like, all right. You're like, like go, no. go the hell off. Yeah. I'm, I'm like, it is 2 a.m. in the morning right now. I'm not going to be standing up. <laughs> Dude, that's when you just stand up with your controller and you just play standing up for like two <laughs> seconds and then you sit back down. Uh, nice, dude. Uh, well, I'm excited. Yeah, I had a good, a pretty good Christmas other than the fact that I didn't get Tenet. But maybe uh, maybe sometime in the future I'll get Tenet or mm. it's already happened. I can't remember how that works. Christopher Nolan makes no sense. Yeah, it'll, time. it'll be reversed or whatnot. Yeah, Who you knows? Know. Yeah. Also got this mug. Oh. It's an Oregon duck mug. Hello. I got two of them. One's yellow, one's green. That's exciting. Yep. I'm a I'm a duck fan, so my my roommate Nick got it for me. I don't really do I don't really do football. Or they, just college like I, I was don't gonna do say college, they do more than football. I don't do college sports teams in general. You know, track and Let's field is that. one of like their biggest sports. Kind of a big deal. You know, a lot of Olympians come from Oregon, so you know. <laughs> yeah, they do. That's no lie. I uh, like I said, I'm feeling hyped up. I wanna talk about the experience that we had watching Wonder Woman 1984 together. I feel like it's more of an experience for you it than for really me is. because I get to live with it versus that you don't. Okay, that's a really, <laughs> really good point. So I'm going to talk about my experience watching this in your house. So mm-hmm. um, I came over to your house last night and you have just an immaculate setup. It's not It's not a home theater. Let's be no. clear here. It's, it's not no. like theater status, but it is. it is a nice middle ground for not going to a theater. Mm. Um, you've got like an 80, it's got to be like 80 something inch TV, right? Yeah. It's humongo. Mm-hmm. Absolutely big. And then you've got surround sound. Yep. I was sitting on the left side of your couch or the right side of your couch mm-hmm. and there was a speaker right next to my ear. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's great. Yeah. Mwah. Magnifique. It was so wonderful. And I'm so glad I watched that movie here because I feel like that's the kind of movie you, they, I mean, but, it's designed to be seen in a theater, right? Yeah. With the sound. And it was just funny because, like, you had talked about, like, coming and watching it here, and you're just like, then I'm going to go home and watch a uh, Soul on, like, this 42-inch TV and just make, yeah, make you feel incompetent. Not incompetent, yeah. but, like... I'm, I'm very privileged to, like, to, ha- to have, the like, a, a nice TV at home. Mm-hmm. It's not bad. Um, but, you know, when you go see a movie in a movie theater and then you have to go rewatch it on your home television, it's not ideal. Yeah. Um, so that's where I was at, and... It just, well, you know, you kind of ruined me. You've ruined me for home movies in 2021. So I'm officially putting forth my my wish, if you may, of I'd like to watch every 2021 movie release here at your home. All right, that's fine. Oh, yes. Hell yeah. Thank goodness. And just to, for the listeners to know, it's actually not my TV. Like, I did not go out and purchase an 80-inch TV. It was my roommate's dad's old TV. So he was, his dad was moving. So he swooped in and got the TV. Coming in clutch. Yeah. And it like literally if you go into my living room, how the TV fits, it literally fits perfectly in between two walls. Like it's just. It's destiny is what it is. It was meant to be. Like it just 
perfect. Fate. Yeah. It's so beautiful. Um, so yeah, and you know, it's, it's obviously really mm. nice. Um, it's 4k, 4k, gotta 4k, have, gotta have the 4k's social media was a blaze about wonder woman 1984. It was, I feel like this, this past weekend, um, most of my Twitter timeline was filled with, let's just be honest, spoiler reviews, mm. spoiler heavy reviews of wonder woman. Like the day it was released, and you're like, not a fan of spoiler released. I'm not, stuff. and I want to use this platform to talk about this for a second because I feel like all our listeners know this is basically what Ethan's going to ask from you from now on. <laughs> Don't spoil things for other people within like the moment they come out, mm. or, like the day that they come out. You you have to give people breathing room. So I'd I'd like to submit here my request for a um a formal social contract between everybody on the planet mm-hmm. just give me like 72 hours mm-hmm. no spoiler reviews don't tweet like oh my god the ending to 19 the the ending to wonder, wonder woman was okay you know like don't do that superman came in and <laughs> killed the world <laughs> it was insane <laughs> at least mark your tweets or your reviews or your posts with a spoiler tag like wonder right? woman 1984 spoiler spoiler and then tweet what you're gonna tweet but that's th- fine that, that takes away so much characters from the things <laughs> that are about to ruin just add an extra tweet to your thread <laughs> is it really that much work work so i guess the point that i'm getting out here is 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 twitter twitter was um ablaze with hot takes people did not like this movie from the get-go let's just be honest they use this platform to just like kind of go to town on it so this is what I heard, though. Mm. It It's a very big, like, divided between genders. Oh, okay. So I read a lot of women that are being like this, like, supporting the film and enjoying the film and things like that. But mm-hmm. then there was a lot of men, and they, they were saying, like, the men were essentially saying that this is terrible. I hate men. <laughs> They're always, they always have to do something wrong. Mm-hmm. I, I, I mean, I, I guess uh, I could see that being the case. And there were definitely moments of the movie that you could see something like that play out. Mm. Um, but like, yeah, just, I guess, um, if you're going to write something on social, like don't ruin it for other people. Mm. Okay, we talked about this last night. Avengers Endgame did a really great job with this mm. and they had a whole marketing campaign. Don't spoil the end game. They, they, you need to let people enjoy something a movie, a TV show finale, The Mandalorian season two, same exact thing happened here with the finale where people were just tweeting like massive spoilers and not giving other people time. Um, so anyway, I guess, you know, just... I, just don't I, spoil I, stuff, yeah, people. I just, you know, it suggests don't spoil things for people. It's a simple I don't like thing. It. I don't like it when things get spoiled for me. So um, we'll be sending out physical copies of contracts to everybody in the world. And if you could just sign it in blood saying I will never, ever spoil a movie ever again on social media, that'd be great. Thanks. Good luck with that. <laughs> so this, I think this is the biggest movie weekend of the year. Yes. Bam, that's my hot take. I've said it. Well, I mean, like, I'm I'm looking back. I mean, January, February were, like, the two months that really we had a lot of, like, movies released. Actual movies. Yeah, like, yeah. actual movies in actual theaters. Mm-hmm. Haven't yeah. had that for about 10 months. Yeah. So I think... I think with both Wonder Woman 1984 and Soul mm-hmm. coming out the same day, the same Christmas weekend, mm-hmm. I think people were overjoyed Oh, I agree. with new movie content. Yeah, I mean, that's why I think so many people had so many things to say about 1984. 
Yeah. And I think people, I, I do. I think people were just like itching to like talk about movies. Well, and I think too, like you got to look at it at this perspective, how like they haven't seen a lot of new movies. Mm -hmm. So how hyped were they to see a new movie? And if like it didn't meet it, at least a some aspect of their of what they wished for, mm -hmm. <laughs> um, little hint. Uh, um, but what they wished for, uh, then it would. Then I think a lot of criticism came because it mm -hmm. was, didn't hit the mark in which they were hoping it was gonna hit. Yeah, and I mentioned this to you last night after mm -hmm. we finished the movie of like, we've okay. So this movie's had seven different release dates. I think I read. Yeah, and. And so we've been waiting for this movie for like over a year. Mm -hmm. So I feel like people's expectations might have might have gotten a little blown out of proportion, mm -hmm. a little sky high, and no movie's ever going to amount to what you want it to be after a year of like release pushbacks and new trailers and new sni like snippets and yeah. like all kinds of things. I mean, it also wasn't the New Mutants where it was pushed back like <laughs> 10 times. A billion yeah. times. Um, yeah, so... Wonder Woman opened in 2,100 theaters simultaneously to its streaming on HBO mm. Max um, and, this past weekend. And it's on it's only on HBO Max for a month. It's right. Like, people got to be aware of that too. Like I think coming into it, I thought it was going to be like, it was just going to be there. Like permanent. Yeah. Sure. But it's only going to be there for one month. So till what? Uh, January, I mean, January 25th, 25th 26th, whatever. Mm -hmm. So... Yeah, I, I mean, I want to know. I want to know viewership numbers, obviously, for opening weekend. I want to know for the one month. Um, it is projected to gross in the quote unquote low teens mm -hmm. for its theater theatrical release, mm -hmm. um, beating out Tenet, which made nine point three million, and Crude's Two, which made nine point seven million. What world are we living in? We're a Nicolas Cage movie. Could. Where Crude's two beats out Tenet. I I think I have an explanation, but go ahead, continue. No, I want to know your explanation. I'm too fired up about this. There are probably more bodies gonna go see Crude two versus Tenet. By bodies, I mean children. Mm, yeah, I'm not taking my kid to go see Tenet. Yeah. I mean, I'm not taking my kids to go see Crude's two. Mm -hmm. I'll tell you that because I don't even know. I've seen like ten seconds of a trailer, and mm -hmm. I could care less. Yeah. But. But that would be my thoughts. That, that, is, that does make sense. I just feel like we're living in a backwards world, and I'm not okay with that. Well, I mean, you got to think about it. Like, a lot of animated movies are going to make more money because they have more yeah. more butts in the seats because there's a lot younger kids. <laughs> more asses in the chairs. Yep. That's what matters. Mm -hmm. Okay, let's talk about Wonder Woman 1984. This world is not yet ready for all that you will do. Your time will come, Diana. And everything will be different. Citizens of the world! I'm here to change your life. Let's give our full review. Um, obviously, let's talk about it. Set. Let's do it. It's set in the world in the year 1984. That was the year my sister was born. Really? Yeah, fun fact. Hey, tiny take. Yeah. Look at that. Yep. Um, that was the whole reason why she wanted to watch the movie was because it was... <laughs> She's like, yo, I got a connection with this movie. Um, She's like, it was a great year. <laughs> I That was 10 years before I was born, so this is out of my wheelhouse. 
Um, at the time of us recording this show right now, uh, 10.31 on a Sunday morning, it is currently sitting at 65% on Rotten Tomatoes, mm-hmm. dropping from like the mid-80s that it had two days ago, 24 hours ago even, after like the public embargo was dropped mm-hmm. and people could actually submit their reviews. Yeah. Took a steep decline. Mm-hmm. Fell off. Um, directed by Patty Jenkins, who also directed the first movie in 2017, and stars Gal Gadot, Chris Pine, Kristen Wiig, and Pedro Pascal. Pedro. Pedro Pascal. Mm-hmm. I'm excited to talk about him and how he does in this movie. Yeah. Yeah, that's 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 all I want to say for now. Um, for right now, I I do have a tiny take to start this off. Gal Gadot, this I was shocked when you told me this. Uh, Gal Gadot was paid. $10 million for this movie, mm-hmm. 33 times more money than she made for the 2017 Wonder Woman movie. Yeah. 33 times. She only made 300 grand for the first movie. Yeah. A, that's that's bullshit. Mm-hmm. That she only made 300 grand for her first movie because it crushed. Yeah. Well, you got to think that they paid her back. <laughs> yeah. They, they, they came they came good on their promise. Mm-hmm. $10 million. She secured a bag. Yeah. Um, there's just no getting around that. This movie sees Wonder Woman facing off against two villains at the same time. Uh, Pedro Pascal plays um, Max Lord, who is, um, I mean, essentially. He, I would think, so he plays more of like a Wall, 1980s Wall Street guy, kind of guy. Yeah. If you yeah. think of like uh, Jordan Bell from Wolf of Wall Street, but yep. less of someone, I don't yeah, I mean, kind of along those yeah. lines. He he is a liar essentially, mm. uh, and he's trying to build a business yeah. built on lies. Um, and then you have the cheetah played by Kristen Wiig. Mm. Until or Barbara. Unt- yeah, Barbara. Ooh, I don't. She's got yeah. a weird last name. I know that. Um, until she actually turns into a cheetah, and then it's like some rando CGI looking person. Kind of. I was not. You did not like. I was her makeup. not having. Yeah. The, C- the CGI. Uh, Barbara Minerva. Minerva. That's yes. what it was. Minerva. So, um, let's see. I I, I want to start this review just talking about a couple main points to the movie. Mm. Um, Gal Gadot, Chris Pine. Great chemistry in the first movie. Mm-hmm. Did it continue through to this movie for you? Uh, I think so. Yeah, I'd say so. A big yes? Yeah. A big yes or a little yes? I'd say like a medium, yes. <laughs> Medium-sized font? Yeah. Talking like 18 point, 20 point? I'm not going to say like it's a title font. <laughs> you're not going with the heading? No, but I'm going to say like... But you're not between, going with the I, standard I'm 12. Not, yeah, it's, it's definitely above that. That makes sense. I can I can understand that. I think that they still have good chemistry, but I think the writing for those characters in this movie doesn't deliver on the chemistry that we see. From um, the first one. From the first one. Right, so I I feel like we just get more of the same. Well, I think it's storyline. I think it's because obviously I think the first one had to do more of like building up the relationship versus the mm-hmm. second one is the relationship has already been st- like established. Mm-hmm. And, and I it, think that's why their chemistry is so good in the first one because mm-hmm. you see them grow together, yeah, and fall in love, yeah. right? And this one we don't see that anymore. Yeah, because they already are in love. Yeah, and I mean, fifty year like difference of and him being dead. And Diana Prince is never gonna love anybody ever again. No, she, she made it very clear. But she said that she would. <laughs> I I guess I just feel like we 
we just learn more of what we already knew mm-hmm. is that they love each other and that like they're meant for each other. And then we get no growth mm-hmm. kind of outside of that. Um, I do like them. I mentioned to you, I'm liking Chris Pine more and more. I yeah. just watched the first Wonder Woman last week to prepare for this one. Uh, and I, I haven't really seen him in anything else. Which you is, said he's in Star Trek. Yeah, you know, just the <laughs> three big movies right there. Three little, honkers. Little J.J. Abrams movies right there. Um, he's also been in Horrible Bosses 2. Um, mm, yeah, I haven't seen Horrible Bosses 2. I mean, he uh, he's good. I like him. Yeah, Star Trek Beyond. He, he was in all the Star Trek movies, which is like... 60 million of them. No, I think not all three. of them. <laughs> just the, the three newest ones. Uh, so he... Uh, wait a second. Stop. Hold the he, phone. He also did animated movies. Thank you. Yeah. Exactly where I was going with this. He was Peter Parker and in Into the Spider-Verse. The first one, yeah. <sighs> Blew my mind. Like the, the one that died. Yeah, the original Peter. Yeah. yeah, the first Peter Parker. Mm-hmm. Wow. Big fan. I like it. And then he was in Into the Woods. Um, I like Chris Pine. Finest Hours. He's good. Wrinkle in Time. I think that they do have great chemistry. Smoking Aces. <laughs> Smoking Aces. I think that, like I said, I just think Diana Prince' character growth is not strong enough for me. Um, before I, I jump into any other details about characters and how amazing Pedro Pascal is, main storyline, essentially, they find this gem. Mm-hmm. Right, so Barbara Minerva finds this gem from the FBI. No, no by yeah, the they way, didn't find it. it; was given to them, given to yeah. her by the FBI. Mm-hmm. And it turns out that this gem can grant wishes. Just one wish, though. One wish. Yep, one wish. Um, and that's all we know. Mm-hmm. And so we first somebody like wishes for a cup of coffee, and like bam, and all of a sudden like <laughs> that was a terrible word, <laughs> first wish. Terrible wish. His wish. Was shot to hell. That's a bad idea. Never wish for a cup of coffee. Yeah. Make it a better wish. Yeah. <laughs> and then we see Diana Prince. She wishes, obviously, for Steve to come back. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Barbara Minerva wishes to be like Diana. Diana. Mm-hmm. So these are kind of the initial wishes. Pedro Pascal is after this gem to steal it and to uh, well, be- become the gem. So... Originally, it was he had actually purchased it, if you if you remember right. correctly. There was like a little receipt in the box, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So he originally purchased it because it was in like this um, like black market like jewelry store. Uh, yes, I do remember this. Yeah, that's how it, like the whole beginning of the movie is. Is like like Diana Prince or Wonder Woman comes in to like defeat all the the robbers from this bank or all not the, from this. Yeah. Yeah. All the low life mm-hmm. bank robbers robbing yeah. Starcourt. Yeah, literal. Yeah, who has a black market in a in a, <laughs> in a freaking mall? mall? Um, but hey, you do your you do shady you. <laughs> stuff, I guess, in front of people. You do yeah, you. Yeah, there's so many feet walking through that mall, but no, 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 no. Whatever you got to do, stay. Afloat. These low life criminals just coming in. <laughs> He's got a gun. Yeah. He's got a gun. Also, that was the most dramatic, like, like kidnap and like mm-hmm. gun scene to open it up because like. Everyone is just watching this like bank or like this heist, heist guy hold a child over a railing. Oh, it went from, it went from like zero to a thousand in a yeah. second. He like grabs this kid and mm-hmm. hangs her over the railing, and I was yeah. like, "Wait, what the hell is happening?" Yeah. Well, how did we jump to this? They rob the place, and then he fumbles his gun on the mm-hmm. ground, and then he's like, "Oh shit! I, I uh, people saw my gun. 
I guess I, I, I guess I better grab this this little child in a you know in a chokehold mm-hmm. and hold her over the railing. Yeah, that was uh, absurd. But like everyone, absurd. everyone though was just like even like his partners were just like, "What are you doing?" Yeah. <laughs> like the Michael Keaton lookalike, the Michael Keaton wannabe. See, I feel was like, like he, bad idea. I feel like he looks like someone else, and it's not that. Like, oh really? Yeah. Oh, I totally got Michael Keaton vibes from this guy. I, I One got zero guys. Michael Keaton vibes. <laughs> well, I, that's all I got. Yeah. All the vibes that I got. Um, but no. But like, yes. Yeah, so the gem. Yeah. The was gem. on this black market, mm-hmm. and he had originally purchased it, and then because Wonder Woman caught these guys, mm-hmm. the FBA then investigated this whole, you know, black market back end diamond dealing, mm-hmm. and seized the jewel. Or seize the mineral, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. The minerals, Marie. And then um, he he was just essentially going to go get it back mm-hmm. is how, because he bought it for a very specific yeah. purpose to fulfill his wildest wishes. Which, yeah. Right? Yeah. I mean, essentially, yeah. And so then he... He, he seduces... The, the, yeah. Barbara. Yeah, he does. She's, she was a loser loner until that point. <laughs> and she was. And then... He's like, yo, let's go to your office. And make out. And and get this show on the mm-hmm. road. And then he just steals the gem. Um, and then the, the the short of it is he wishes to be the gem. Mm-hmm. This is where I have my first problem. Oh, I have lots of problems with this. <laughs> well, I, I just point to the comics. Mm-hmm. The character itself and this completely two different powers. So the movie, right? You mentioned this. Yeah. So the comic is that he's essentially like a Professor Xavier type, like mm-hmm. telekinetic, um, all this type of stuff. Super like cool. He, yeah, he can take over people. Like I think in the comics, he takes over Superman at some point. Oh, yeah, dicey. Okay. Yeah, so I like that. Yeah, that's that's his ability. Is like he can like take over people and whatnot, yeah. and like control their minds. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Cool. Movie not happening here. Not the same. <laughs> Nowhere close. <laughs> totally different. Yeah. So that that's my my thing is like if you're gonna take like a character, mm-hmm. please just make him what their role is supposed to be. But that's just me. Do you think they could have? Do you think they could have just made a new original character out of this instead of stealing like the Max Lord like title from the comics? Do you think he could have been his own like new character, or would fans have had a problem with like, yo, this is a comic book movie. We can't just make new characters. No, or they just take some random character that didn't have something before or that was kind yeah. of villainous. And then and upgrade then just, them. Yeah. Okay, I could see that. He he wishes to be the gem, and mm. he has all kinds of of powers, wishing abilities. Mm-hmm. Um, we don't really know. Yeah. It it's ca- never really explained. It gets explained, I think, random parts, but like it's too late to explain at that at those parts. Yeah, I would have loved to see like, oh, I wish to be the gem, and this is how it works. Mm. Oh, okay, great. Now we know. Yeah. Um, we don't know the entire time. He starts, so he has to touch somebody, and they have to wish for something, mm-hmm. and he can fulfill that wish, and then he gets to take a wish. Mm-hmm. In return, or he gets to choose what he takes from people. Yeah, so they use the reference of monkey's paw, mm-hmm. or yeah, monkey's paw. Yeah, yeah, by Edgar Allan Poe. I believe. Yeah, so there's always something like you get your wish, but there's something negative that comes along with that wish. Yeah, always a price to pay. Mm-hmm. Um, and and this is, again is is never really established. Yeah, it kind of the rules change as the movie goes on, and that is one of 
one of probably, if not my biggest gripe with mm-hmm. the movie is like, if you're going to have a MacGuffin and like a very important piece of the movie that ultimately determines entire character trajectories and character arcs. Yeah. You've got to have like set rules and we have to know what they are. Mm-hmm. Um, I can infer all day of like, Oh, okay. Yeah, sure. It looks like he can take other things like, but what's the extent um, he, he doesn't do it all the time mm-hmm. and he wishes for certain things, but then can't have them. And so he wishes for other things. It gets really convoluted and really weird. Yeah. And then the other problem I have with this is how Wonder Woman begins to lose her powers when she wishes for Steve. Mm. Again, this plays in and like we are never told that there's a cost for her wish. Yeah. And then all of a sudden she just like starts taking bullets and she's like, well, I don't feel so well. And I was like, wait, what's how? Why? Yeah. What's happening? Well, yeah. Like that was the only part of her that got taken away though if you look at it It was just her ability to not be hurt right and so she doesn't like super hill when she got hit with the bullets Mm -hmm. and then all of a sudden steve makes this connection he's like oh my god you got shot i can't be here Mm -hmm. i have to disappear like Mm -hmm. i'm causing this problem well i mean that's also explained that that does get explained when they go to a guy that yeah has like the mind book which then explains it and then it's like okay well let's be realistic i gotta leave if like right for you to live so we learn do your stuff. We learn that people have to renounce their wishes mm-hmm. in order for this gem to be defeated, mm-hmm. essentially. Or they have to destroy it, which then all the wishes go away if they if it gets destroyed. Right, when it gets destroyed. Mm-hmm. AKA meaning they would they would need to kill off Max Lord. Mm-hmm. Right. Um so that's kind of how all that how that, that goes. Um Pedro Pedro Pascal as Max Lord, fire. I think so, yeah. I think that he was the best part of the movie. I would absolutely agree with that. Mm, I think I, he, I think he crushed it. Yeah, he put. He's just a good actor. Let's be honest. He is. I think he. I've seen a lot of reviews saying that he is a br- breakout star. Would you still consider him to be breakout, even though he's been in two seasons of The Mandalorian? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, because like he, in terms of movies, if we look at movies, he sure. hasn't like he hasn't done a lot of American or like English stuff. Right. Like, he's done a lot of, like, um, like international Wasn't things. Wasn't he in Narcos? Yes. That w- okay. But that, like, that's TV. Yeah. Right? So. Um, yeah, I'm just I'm just looking up. It looks like he was in Game of Thrones. True. Uh, TV. Looks like he was in um, We Can Be Heroes, which is a new a new one as well. Um, Again, TV. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Um, a lot of TV. He's not known for his uh, movie. Yeah, it's pretty impressive. Mm-hmm. So I would definitely agree with you. I think he definitely qualifies as a breakout. Wow, he was in a an episode of CSI. <laughs> nice. That's a big play. Uh, so <laughs> you know I, you've made it <laughs> when you've been on CSI. <laughs> you know you're in for a fire career. I think he definitely qualifies as still as a breakout. Mm-hmm. The Mandalorian is so interesting and different j- just solely because of his character mm-hmm. in that show. We, we're not seeing any facial expressions. We're not seeing anything outside of right his well, arm you you do you see it in like three episodes occasionally so very briefly mm. i think he's great i think the writing for his character is not 100 percent solidified mm. and i think unfortunately he's you know a, a victim of of some poor character writing mm-hmm. um the one issue i had was his his ending kind of his character ending yeah so, uh, I mean, like we said, this is spoiler-filled. His character ending, he he 
is broadcast through the world using like some space program to grant everybody's wishes mm. all the time because technically his particles are touching people, which, okay, great, whatever. Yeah, if we, we, the semantics. <laughs> yeah, semantics, air quotes, uh, mm. who knows. So, and then all of a sudden we get, we get Wonder Woman coming in saying like, you know, you need to be truthful to, your, truthful to yourself. Your wishes need to be truthful. Like, you need to find out why you want all this power, things like this. And he decides, okay, I, 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 need, I, I need to renounce my wishes and I need to go see my kid, which is, is a wonderful sentiment. Mm-hmm. I love it. And I think that's very important. Any adult or parent that, that tries to overtake the world with a mythical gem um, should put their children first. Mm-hmm. Wonderful idea. But... At no point in the movie and at no point before he becomes so power hungry do we ever get a connection really between him and his kid. Mm. It's always him like shoving his kid off saying like, I don't I don't want you here right now. Like go hang out with other people. I'm busy. I'm at work. I'm trying to become great. <laughs> I'm trying to be not a loser. And so that's where my issue is, is that why would we believe that he renounces all of this power which is all we're led to believe that he wants to go see his kid which we never got a good sense of his care for i also think the kid actor wasn't that great oh you've got problems with the kid i just i think his acting was trash i can't i can't morally tell myself like wow this 10 year old kid is shit like he can't act i I can't do that to myself for a big movie like like this i think they could have gotten a better child actor yeah he did there were a couple times where he like panned like his eyes like pan to the camera mm-hmm. and you're like, he, it just, yeah, it, it felt like very glassed over yeah for him. So I think it was some like random person's <laughs> kid that they just were like, like some like powerful exec being like, I want my, I want my kid in this movie. <laughs> put my kid in this make film. It, make it happen. It was probably, absolutely. That's how yeah. it went. And he's like, if you don't put my kid in this movie, I'm pulling the plug. Yeah. The movie's not, not happening. I'm going to take away my money. <laughs> uh, I do have a tiny take about, okay. about uh, Pedro Pascal. Um, so Patty Jenkins and Pedro Pascal based uh, Maxwell Lord's portrayal on stockbroker Gordon Gecko in the movie Wall Street and Lex Luthor in Superman. But oh, nice. Pascal also based his performance on Nicolas Cage. Oh, right. I love <laughs> to hear that. Nicolas Cage, the goat. That's a pro move. Pedro Pascal was already at like top of the food chain for me. He just like jumped. His ranks just soared through the roof. So this makes me ask you, <laughs> oh we need God. to ask you this. Who do you think could have played this role better? Nick Cage or Pedro Pascal? Yeah. <laughs> Dude, that's honestly a really hard question. I'm going to be real with you right now. That's so difficult. I could totally see Nick Cage pulling out the like all the stops in the ending of just like going overboard mm-hmm. with the emotions. Yeah. Um, which is what Pedro Pascal does. It's mm-hmm. not it's not overdone. It's not overdoing it. Mm-hmm. I think it's it's warranted, but I could totally see that happening. That's a good old good old standoff right there. Yeah. You're asking the real tough questions here. I'm still gonna stick with Pedro. I think I would go with Pedro. Mm-hmm. I think I think I give Pedro the slight edge just because of where we're where he stands right now mm-hmm. in pop culture. Yeah. I think he's more relevant, obviously. Um Pedro Pascal also missed the opportunity to say this is the way at any point in this movie. Big miss. That's all I've gotta say what's the best scene for you in the movie? And then we're going to move on and talk about soul. Okay. Um, I would say, honestly, I think the first act is the best part of the movie. Mm. 
Um, I can totally see that. Yeah. I'd say the second half kind of took a little bit of a dive. Um, it's such a long movie. Yeah. I would say probably the first part of the movie. The first like 10 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> that yeah. usually doesn't bode well yeah. for a movie in general. I think Chris Pine trying on different 80s outfits. That was yeah. is my favorite scene. Yeah. It's really funny. He does a really good job of it. Um, and then essentially after that, and then after the scene where we see Chris Pine, like going down the escalator and seeing like DC for the first time, mm-hmm. we just forget that we're in the eighties. Yeah. Not no eighties music, no eighties attire, no eighties references, no pop culture, no anything. Yeah. Totally a bummer. Honestly, actually I'm going to take back oh. the, the little, the scene where she is a child and going through the, the these Olympic style games and activities. I thought that was kind of cool. Yeah, I think that was pretty tight. Mm-hmm. I like that. Um, I, I do like that. I think that was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. That's all. And I it's a good lesson that you get le- you get taught while watching the movie. Y- you know. Yeah. Cheating is for losers. Yeah. Also, that 12-year-old girl, she actually performed all those stunts. No. Yeah. Fun Woo! fact. Tiny take. Oh, so she's actually an, uh, an Amazon. Mm-hmm. That's wild stuff. Yeah. The, the stu- apparently, she did it better than the stunt doubles did it. Oh, my God. Really? Yeah. <laughs> they're so like, they're, you're like, you're canned stunt, stunt yeah. doubles. Yeah. Wow, that's really impressive. Mm. All this to say, um, I think ni- I think Wonder Woman 1984 was underwhelming. Mm. It was not enjoyable. It lacked um, a lot of um, kind of like writing cohesion. Felt really uh, broken up. And I wish, I just wish it was better. Mm. All right, so let's bring it down to final take mm-hmm. time. Okay, so... For those that have, we haven't really been able to do a lot of final take no. uh, things, so let me remind everyone what a final take is. Uh, the final take is uh, essentially we have a three-point scale. We have a movie that is a zero-watch movie. This is movies that you just do not watch. We're recommending you to never even open up the case or <laughs> to download or to rent for three ninety-nine on Amazon Prime. Yeah. Um, Don't ever or do five ninety-nine. If maybe if maybe if it's a dollar. No, 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 not even, not even. Uh, And there is a one watch movie. So this is a movie that you just watch one time and you'll probably just leave it at that. And then we have the multi watch. This is movies that you're going to watch multiple times that you're just going to be like watching over and over and over again. The coveted multi watch Mm -hmm. final take award. Yep. So what is your final take, Ethan? My final take, I'm just slapping it down on the table. I'm going with a one time watch for this movie. I... Uh, my wife asked me last night, oh, are you glad that you watched it? And I said, yes, I'm glad I saw that movie. Would I watch it again? No, I would not. Mm-hmm. That's a long-ass movie. It was two and a half hours long, and a lot of the character choices didn't make any sense. And the very final scene, it's like, wham, we moved from July 4th, and now it's Christmas time, and Gal Gadot's falling in love with the fake Steve Trevor. I'm out. Mm-hmm. One-time watch. And, and really, it's only a one-time watch because I watched it here <laughs> at your house. So if I watch it in my house, who's to say? Yeah. What's um, your final take? I'd also agree with you. It's probably a one-watch movie. Wow. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> um, yeah, it could have been better. Like, yeah, I, it just could have been better. I think like they, they didn't explain a whole lot. I think that there is missed opportunities with, to make it really 80s themed, which could have been really funny at certain <gasps> things. It could have been like, so good. I like uh, There was a scene where he's like walking around explaining everything, and I think I told you guys, I'm like, a perfect song during this night, like, wake me up. Which was actually it 
did come out in 1984, so what? like it would have worked. Total missed opportunity. Yeah. Who's so, doing the soundtrack into this? Yeah, so they they missed some opportunities. Like they could have used a lot more comedy. I think. Mm-hmm. I think if they used a little bit more comedy in this movie, it would have set it to become a better movie. I totally agree. I think 80s things, mm. um, you can see it in Stranger Things, mm. obviously. Yeah. 80s things have that 80s humor mm. that just like permeates it. Yeah, and it's just too, I don't know, too serious. Mm-hmm. It, they could have brought it back a little bit, you know, made it a little bit more fun for the audience. Yeah. Yeah, and I'm not I'm not here for the whole two villain thing. I think the two villains, let's just stick with one, eh? Well, so I, oh. you did say this yesterday after mm. watching the movie, but... I would disagree with you. Oh, there's a popular movie series that always has two villains. Oh in no! It. What I'm gonna I'm gonna eat crow. What am I gonna do? All, all the Batman movies, in terms of like the Christopher Nolan ones, that's actually they always true. have two. That's actually a good point. Then in this movie, let's just stick with one villain. Okay. <laughs> because they, because at least the cheetah gets introduced and then exited so quickly mm-hmm. from becoming the cheetah. Where it just like it just it's like over mm. like instantaneously the whole battle between Wonder Woman and the Cheetah so fast so campy bummer yeah this movie doesn't have a lot of soul Austin <laughs> is that how you're gonna transition it that's definitely how I'm gonna transition it <laughs> you could have been like we we're talking about music you could easily have transitioned it to soul you know what kind of music does have soul damn it missed opportunity yeah. Uh, Disney Pixar's newest animation that some people are calling the best movie, one of the best movies of 2020? Question mark? Exclamation mark? Question mark? Who does, who's to know? Uh, Soul. Is this heaven? No, it's the great before. This is where new souls get their personalities, quirks, and interest before they go to Earth. Meet 22. Oh, I don't want to go to Earth. Stop fighting this. I don't want to. Uh... <laughs> Okay, look, I already know everything about Earth, and I don't want anything to do with it. You're missing out on the joys of life, like uh, pizza. I can't smell. Well, we've had two Disney Pixar come out this year. Uh, We have Soul and... Onward. Oh, gosh, sorry. That felt... Yeah, it came out this year. Forever ago. That was the last movie that I saw in theaters before the pandemic. With me. No, no. I did see it with you, and then I went the next weekend and I saw it with my family. First movie that my daughter has been to. This Soul is the 23rd feature film from Disney and Pixar. It features um, a musician, Joe Gardner, who has lost his passion for music and is transported out of his body, and he must find his way back with the help of an infant soul learning about herself. Soul 22 is the name of this soul, played by Tina Fey. Uh, Joe Gardner is played by Jamie Foxx. Who else we got in this movie? We got Terry. Terry. Or Rachel House. I love the Rachel House uh, move in this one as soon as she like her voice was on the screen i was like i know who that is it just reminds me of uh hunt for the wilder people it really does like we were just talking about uh taika the like couple episodes couple ago. Weeks ago yeah and just like it just made me think of her her role like she plays that like authoritarian like you're obviously doing something bad role yeah and i'm here to like make things better mm. Exactly. So I think she plays that role really well, which could be also typecasting. So <laughs> she could, because she does she does the same role mm. in um I feel like s- semi the same role in Thor Ragnarok. Yeah, she's very, you know, authoritarian. Mm. Um, and then Graham Norton. Yep, as Graham- Moonwind. Moonwind. Yeah, uh, and if then- you think it's hippie because it's he's a hippie. 
Because <laughs> he is. Uh, who? Uh, Quest Love is also in this movie. Yeah. Which I was surprised with. Curly. He That's plays Curly, the drummer. Super it's very cool. fitting. Very, very fitting. Super cool. Very fitting. Um, so they bulked him up, though. <laughs> they did. They, they like, he's, he does not look like Questlove in this movie. No, he looks like like this ripped drummer. Yeah, he does. He can drum. That's maybe skipped leg day a couple <laughs> times. <laughs> <laughs> he traded out leg day for some arm days. Yeah. Before we talk about the storyline, I just have to mention Pixar and their animation. Mm-hmm. It's a it's an absolute fucking gold machine. Mm-hmm. It, they never stop producing gold. Watch this. I was like three minutes into this, mm-hmm. and you see Joe Gardner play piano for the first time. Mm-hmm. Molly watched the first half with me, and and I said it as well at the same time. It's like this animation is it's stupid. Mm-hmm. It's just stupid. Well, if we're gonna talk about animation right now, I think that this is the most experimental that they've had with any of their movies. Yeah. Uh, th- there's a scene where essentially he goes to the afterlife but then like tries to hop out of the of that area and then he goes like this in between thing yeah yeah that was cool yeah that is literally the most experimental that i've ever seen any disney pixar movie yeah and at first when i watched it i was like wow okay this this is definitely like pushing some boundaries mm-hmm. we're testing out new things and like i thought it was kind of I thought it was kind of intense, personally. Well, I, I mean, I think it was supposed to in, give that feeling. Mm-hmm. I think it had the most, like, it's very expression, not expression, um, but I don't know. Yeah. They took a lot more of, like, random art, which, Creative I mean, random. really is a big thing, I think, when you look at, like, the movie Soul is about music and inspiration and mm-hmm. these things like that. So, like, to add creative artwork in that scene, I thought that was cool. Yeah, plays really well into it. Joe gets stuck in the afterlife, right? Okay, so like, well, let's go from the beginning. Yeah, I was just going to like give yeah. a little synopsis of this. Yeah, so like the very beginning, he we get introduced to Joe. Joe is this middle school part-time band teacher mm-hmm. who um, is trying to teach his class, and he has like one student that's like a standout, and like the rest are kind of like terrible. Eh, yeah. Bad kids. Um, and then like he gets a little knock on the door. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, principal or whatever, co- uh, like asks him to come talk. Uh, he tells them to all do the scales, and then they offer him a full time role. And he's like, "Yay!" <laughs> like he's like not super thrilled about no. it because he's been this inspiring musician. He wants to do shows. Like he doesn't. He wants to be, like actually play jazz. Yeah, he doesn't yeah. necessarily want to be a teacher. So right. he goes like visit his mom. His mom's like, "Hey, like." you should go take that job. That's a good offer. Like all that stuff. Then he gets a little phone call from his guy, Curly, who used to be a student mm-hmm. played by quest love, um, who then was just like, Hey, like Dorothea Williams wants, like needs a, a pianist. Yeah. We're going to have a gig for you. Yeah. So it's like come and audition. And he's just thrilled. He's like, yes, yes, yes. And he goes there and he like, like just yeah. rocks. Rips it out yeah, of the park. Just everyone's socks are it's a, r- removed. It's a hard home run screamer. Yeah. Um, he gets the role, and she tells him to be back there by a certain time. Blah blah blah. Yeah. He's like calling all his buddies, all his guy, like all, yeah. like anyone that would listen to him. Beside, I don't even know if he called his mom to be honest. No, I, yeah, yeah, I don't think he did. Yeah, 
Um, but he's just so enamored by his phone that he's just like not paying attention, but like all these things are happening around him where he could theoretically die. Yeah. And then, which was really funny by the way. Yeah. Like him walking through all of these like terrible situations Yeah, and coming out unscathed. Yeah. And then he falls through a manhole (laughs) and he does. He dies and dies quote unquote dies. So yeah. yeah, So he goes, goes to the great beyond it's called. And it's like an escalator essentially to, to the light at the end of the tunnel. Yeah. Also, I don't know about you, but this scene where like they're being rolled up into the the great beyond this white void, mm-hmm. did it not sound like a bug zapper? <laughs> like <laughs> Every... that little electrocution. <laughs> yeah. I don't. I don't know. I, I didn't. Maybe I didn't listen that well. To it, it annoyed me. I'm not gonna lie. Whoa. It annoyed me that it's because like that's a fire take. Well, you got to think about it. Like, if you die, you. You don't want the sound to be like, zzz, bzz, bzz. <laughs> you're gone. Bzz. Yeah. Hey, yeah. I guess maybe not so much a bug zapper, but more like, um, kind of like a TV thing because they get pixelated into like an RGB, like squares. Mm. So you see like a, a red, green, and blue square when they get zapped into the white void. Yeah. It was weird. I mean, he gets stuck in this, in the great beyond here mm-hmm. and then he runs away cause he's not ready to die. So he goes to to uh geez what's it called the great the, beginning the great before 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 so it goes to the great before so he falls through this like half void thing which was like the really cool artistic part yeah and then he falls into the great before great before and this is essentially where souls become who they are before mm. they're sent to earth so all they, their personalities yep all their traits all their quirks their spark mm-hmm. is a big purpose of this movie finding your spark all of their interests um and so Every soul in the great before is being mentored so they can find their spark that will drive them to like a happy life on earth. And then they get their earth badge and they jump through this hole and they fly to earth. Mm-hmm. The whole thing is very abstract. Yeah. Um, honestly. And when I very first saw the the great beyond and him like going to the void and then like running away from it, uh, I initially thought like, wow, this is, this is some deep, I feel like this is pretty deep stuff, like deep cuts. There's no way that my, well, she's only two and a half, but no way my daughter would sit and like begin to comprehend what she's watching. Yeah. She did watch the ending probably the last 20 minutes this morning. Mm-hmm. I, I turned it back on. So I get like a nice refresher. And she, when she first saw soul 22, she's like, Oh, it's so cute. And mm-hmm. I was like, yeah, okay, cool. We're mm-hmm. in this together. Um, <laughs> and so they, yeah, they, they want to have a happy life on earth. Joe then meets with Soul 22, played by Tina Fey. Mm. Hijinks ensue, and they learn about life, essentially. Is a really is the short, the short long version of it. Mm. I think this movie is, it's like, it's like Inside Out, but they they dug like a like a twenty foot hole and like jumped in the hole, and now we're getting like a new rendition of of similar themes well you gotta think about it though too who directed it mm-hmm. i mean the director he also he did up and inside out yeah pete doctor mm-hmm. so d- thought-provoking guy yeah no definitely thought-provoking um i yeah i don't the the whole afterlife thing and like the beginning and all that like i think that is very touchy subject with a lot of like religions around the world so i don't know how that will be perceived Sure, I can see that being being something interesting. Mm-hmm. They'd yeah. be like, "Oh, Disney, what 
what you doing there? Yeah, like why, why, what's your play? Yeah, why are you taking a stance like that? I think this is definitely the most, and I and I've been doing some reading on this movie. The most black Pixar project that we've ever gotten. Yep, like without doubt. Well, and I think I read too. Like they're very, they're trying to be very conscious of that. Yeah. And I think they're very true and mm. accurate. So a couple of the things, um, Joe's dad tells him that jazz is one of the greatest African-American contributions to the world. Mm. Um, and the di- and they make a joke of like the difficulty of a black man hailing a cab in New York City. He's mm. wearing like a, a, you know, a doctor's gown. And he's like, wow, this would be really tough even if I wasn't wearing a doctor's gown. Mm. Um, things like that. And I really liked that. I liked how the main protagonist was uh, was black and we saw that mm. it wasn't hidden away and it was a very important part of who he was, mm. um, made the movie really good. Well, yeah, because, um, if I read it correctly and now I'm trying to remember the fact, Oh, once they decided that he was going to be a musician, they decided like the character was going to be a musician. Right. They decided that he was going to be a jazz musician. Um, and then obviously they're like, if we're going to make him a jazz musician, he has to be black. Yeah. He's got to be, like mm. he he yeah he has to encompass well, I mean, these things. He's also the first Disney Pixar um, black character, like main, main protagonist, character. protagonist. So yeah, it's awesome. Yeah, I think it's really relevant for mm. the year that this is coming out as yeah. well. Um, what's your favorite scene? That's a great great question. I feel like there are a lot of good scenes in this movie. There are quite a few. Yeah, um, I want to say there's a scene with like 22, and I like I think when. I know that she like intimidate or like uh, not, not intimidates, but <laughs> imitates imitates yeah. um, a lot of like random people. I oh, thought that yes. was funny yeah. as her mentors yeah. that she's had forever. Mm. Mm-hmm. So that was hilarious. We had a, a preference too. We didn't actually mention this. So soul twenty two. Her name being twenty two, um, she is actually uh, the twenty two soul ever made. Yeah, and yep. at the very like when you're introduced to a bunch of the souls, they're like number blah, 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 billion mm-hmm. number of soul. I never caught yeah. on to that until right in this moment. Really? It just changed my life. Yeah. So she had been there for so long. Is that like, she was literally number 22 of all the souls and there's been billion of souls that have lived. Yep. So essentially the existent at uh, the very beginning of time. Yeah. She, she had been there just a little bit before, just a little bit before. Just slightly. Mm-hmm. Um, I love the lost souls when we learn about lost souls mm-hmm. and the investor. That's a oh, lost yeah. I soul. do like that scene. And he just keeps saying, make a trade, make yeah. a trade. And then we, we see how, um, they cure the lost souls and they find them. Mm-hmm. And then he like, you know, rips apart his desk and all these funny things. Mm-hmm. I really like that scene, but I also think that's a really important and interesting scene to the whole theme of the movie they mentioned that lost souls are obsessed with something that disconnects them from life and it's a passion that's turned into an obsession i think that is super deep Mm. and important and really talks to the whole theme the whole theme of the movie which is that ordinary life is beautiful Mm. right you need to uh, live in the daily instead of constantly trying to attain a passion or a goal or something that you get lost in mm. is is really what it boils down to. Obviously, the Knicks joke. Great, oh yeah, great that, yeah. A comedy. I thought it was hilarious. Yeah, that I, that might be one of my favorite scenes. Molly too. had no clue what was going yeah. on. Yeah, <laughs> so there's a so scene funny. where like uh, she will affect 
Yeah. yeah. Soul 22 can impact people who are in the zone, mm-hmm. essentially. And so she messes with people who are mm-hmm. in the zone. Mm-hmm. And it, you know, and it flashes to her messing with a basketball player. And then it goes, oh, the Knicks lose again. Yeah. <laughs> it was great. Um, and then the final scene where Joe, where, like I just said, where Joe realizes that living is what it's all about mm. and things all come together and how little mementos, you know, the pizza crust and the little helicopter leaf and the lollipop are all what he should be caring about. Mm-hmm. And he hasn't been. Um, and I, I do like the whole, the body swap right between Joe no, and, and the, soul 22. Yeah. And the in the barbershop. Great day. Oh yeah. Really that's, great yeah. scene. Uh, I think justice to like a black barbershop. That's amazing. Mm. Like getting into that culture is awesome. And you can even see on the table uh, by the, by the lollipops, there's, there's like slam magazine, mm. which I thought was such a cool detail. And then we learn about the barber and like his passion was never cutting hair, but he enjoys it, et cetera, et cetera. Really, really funny scene. Mm. So Tina Fey, Obviously, really funny. We yeah. all know this. Yeah, and she crushes it again. I love it. Um, Tina Fey or Jamie Foxx? Which one did you like more? Tina Fey. Yeah. Yeah. Woo! Really? I think that she was the best part of the movie. To be honest. Oh, interesting. Okay. I liked Jamie Foxx more, even though I just said Tina Fey is fantastic. Mm. I think, I think Jamie Foxx's voice acting is is impeccable in this movie. I think it's really well done, mm. and it's really emotion filled. See, I didn't feel like there was anything discernible from him. Hmm. I feel like Tina Fey, I felt, I, just because of her character, that was, the way it was written, had more of an impact on me. Okay. I could see that. I could see that. Um, what else you got? Well, I do have a tiny take about the two, actually. Oh, okay. Yeah. Let me pull this up here. Hey, oh, tiny take time. So at one point, Joe wasn't the main character. Let me oh. repeat that. Joe was not the main character at oh. one point. 22 was um this was changed because the movie originally took place entirely in the soul world yet she still had a dislike for earth joe was created to help show her why earth is worth living in oh interesting so that also could play a factor in that how the writing was was originally the the movie was supposed to be about her right tina Fey's movie yeah i like the direction that they took it i like that we didn't spend the entire time in the soul world um, I was concerned about that. I was worried that we were, the whole movie was going to be Soul World, and we were only going to get like ten minute, ten minutes of this like really cool New York City vibe mm. that they put out. The final shots were like we see New York City from like uh you know like a, from a vantage point, yeah. dude. They are so beautiful. Mm-hmm. It's insane. Yeah. And then we see like we pan out even further and see the solar system. And now that I describe it, I feel like I'm describing Michael Scott's uh. <laughs> commercial that he wants to make mm. we're in a sandbox and we pan out even further, further yeah and we realize the sandbox and, um and so um i think there's a, a lot of really good parts i think the movie is just over 90 minutes and i think it's perfect not two and a half hours not two and a half hours thank goodness 90 minutes is wonderful and it's the kind of movie that makes you think about it after you watch it mm-hmm because I thought about it before I went to bed, and obviously I woke up thinking about it as well. And you stew on it a little bit more, and it gets better as you think about it. And I think the ability to have an impact on a viewer after they've stepped away from the screen, 
after they've divided their attention for the 90 minutes that they just gave, and now they're doing regular life, and to still be consciously thinking about the movie mm-hmm. is speaks to how good of a movie it is. Okay. That's what I've got to say about that. <laughs> okay. I love it. I loved it. I really, really enjoyed it. Um, does this rank in your top five Pixar movies of all time? No. Whoa. No? Mm-hmm. That was a quick no, too. You didn't uh, even think about there, it. Yeah, there's way better ones, in my opinion. Oh, okay. What's 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 better? Like, in, like. I mean, the like first ones I can think of like are is up because okay. of how like literally I've I cried during that movie. <laughs> like that's, I mean, yeah, it's hard to beat. If you cry, you're kinda yeah. like locked you kinda in. You kind of locked me in there. Yeah, yeah, you kind of locked in. Um, why am I blanking on all like Disney Pixar? Movies? Well, up is another Pete Doctor. So you're I mean, yeah. you're staying in the family. I get that. Um, did on. you did you like this movie or Onward better in terms of 2020 Pixar movies? Uh, let me tell you my final take when we get to oh, there. Oh, okay. We're getting there. We're almost there. Mm-hmm. So I'm gonna I'm gonna hold off on that answer. God, keep me in suspense. Uh-huh. You would. I would. I mean, I think like there's Toy Story. I think is also yeah. in my in my top five. I mean, you're a big Toy Story guy. Yeah. I mean, who doesn't like Toy Story? Yeah, it's true. Um, I mean, The, the Incredibles is in there. You got Finding Nemo. Like that. I feel like Monsters Inc. is up there. Like it's 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 tough. I mean, when you talk about twenty three Pixar movies, mm-hmm. I mean, we're definitely gonna have to have a, an episode where we rank them because there's so many mm-hmm. and they're all really good. I would I would reckon to say it's definitely in my top five, okay. possibly in my top three. Okay, I gotta think about that before I commit before I write it in stone. But that's where I'm sitting currently. Um, I recently started a Letterboxd account. Austin, are you on Letterboxd? I don't even know what that is. You should get on Letterboxd. So it's 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 a free website where you just record the movies that you watch and you can rate them and review them and you can follow other people that do so. My friend got me on Letterboxd and so I am at Ethan Final Take on Letterboxd and you can see all of the movies I've watched all year, all of my reviews, what I rate them, et cetera, et cetera. I've watched like 150 something movies this year. Very proud of that. And I just wrote a nice review for Soul. I gave it four out of five stars. Okay. Four out of five. Okay. I don't rate anything above a four unless it's like La La Land. I'm just going to be honest with you. So top of the table for me. Okay. Very good. So I feel like this is an easy transition now to our final take. Absolutely. I've already explained final take, so give it a go. You're going to give it a go? Yeah. I'm going to go first? Yeah. What if I wasn't ready? Well, I think you are ready. (laughs) Now I'm ready. Uh, So yeah, I would say my final take is a multi-watch movie. Um because like I said, it's super enjoyable. makes you think about it more mm-hmm. after you've seen it. The animation is ridiculous and I can't even like begin to fathom how that's even possible to make a movie like this. Mm. The music is, is good. I like the jazz aspect. Um, and I think there's just enough like antics and funny, nice little comedy moments mm-hmm. to keep it entertaining and keep it light. And the final 10 minutes just reach into your heart and squeeze the living crap out of it and make you think about life as a whole, which is just intense. Mm-hmm. Multi-watch. Will, well, I will be watching the second half of it again tonight. Tonight. Because Molly needs to see the second half. So there you go. Already okay. multi-watch. Okay. 
I want to know your final take because you're keeping me on the fence here. You're keeping me hanging in suspense. I FYI, I didn't answer my own question about onward or you didn't soul being better. Just if if onward was forty minutes shorter, better than soul. Okay. Onward is not forty minutes shorter, so soul takes the dub on this one. Well, I think isn't onward only like an hour and thirty minutes? No, it's like pushing two. It's a long movie, bro. <laughs> oh, okay. maybe it just felt really long. What's um, your final take? My final take is actually gonna be a one watch movie. No, say it ain't so. Um, I didn't feel a whole lot from this movie, to be honest. Wow. Um, I didn't get an emotional connection. Um, I didn't feel like it. Like, like I, I laughed. I enjoyed it. Like, it wasn't a bad movie. I'm not gonna sit here and say like it was like crap or anything. <laughs> um, you, you better not. Cause I'm gonna <laughs> cut this show. Um, but no, I think like it would be. It's petering on a multi watch. Okay. But I it's not going to be something I'm going to go out of my way to go watch again. Right. Like you wouldn't consciously go and choose like, oh, I really want to watch mm. Soul right now. Yeah. To me, I think there are better Disney Pixar movies and I'd watch those first. If I'm like, oh, I'm in a Disney Pixar mood. Cool. I'm going to watch these. Yeah. I can, I can see that. Mm. I think like the concept, like you kind of mentioned earlier, I mean, who is the target audience for Disney Pixar? Mm-hmm. I'm asking you this. Oh, I feel like, I mean, kids are kids and or families. Mm. So, I mean, if you're looking at more of like a child thing, how well will they conceptualize death and all that? Souls. And yeah. It's really high level. Yeah. Really high level. So, I mean, this is more of a target for more of an adult. And to me, like, I feel like they could have really had pushed it a lot more. Uh, I mean, the character itself uh, of Joe kind of seemed depressing. To okay. be honest, like his life wasn't that great. Yeah. He had one good highlight that they kind of showed with him getting the Dorothea Williams thing. Yeah. But so you're th- saying like if if you're going to take this movie and make it more adult themed, like go that way. Yeah. Go all the way mm-hmm. instead of like trying to teeter this line. Yeah. Between like making it understandable for kids mm-hmm. and adult movies. Yeah. I I can see that. I think I fell in the other camp. I think I was like, oh, this is cool. Like, we're just moving outside of our boundaries, like, just a little. Like, mm-hmm. we're just pushing forward just so slightly, and I'm okay with that. I don't want to go all the way. I like the little push. Yeah, I mean, I think that's the whole thing, though. If you're going to watch it, like, if it's going to be a family film, mm-hmm. you got to make sure that it's also aiming to your yeah. the, the children. And I think that this did not hit that. That's why it's a one watch for me. I like that final take. I like mm-hmm. the honesty. Mm-hmm. I've got to be honest with you. Um, Put in perspective that you didn't think of. <laughs> yeah, you're you're changing changing my thoughts, mm-hmm. but I'm gonna stick with it. I, I I do really like this movie. Like I said, I like the little push outside of the comfort zone for Pixar. Mm-hmm. I think that's a good move, and I think I think this is the way to progress in the next ten years for Pixar. Is you make slight pushes outside of the zone of strictly a kids thematic movie. Um, your spark isn't your purpose. It's when you're ready to live. Shit ate me alive. Too much for me to handle. And now I'm going to be thinking about it all day. Mm-hmm. It ruins me. So, yeah, I think... I didn't cry, but I think I think Soul is, is really quite an amazing movie. Um, that was our final take. Mm-hmm. You can always send us your final takes on social media. We're at Final Take Pod on Twitter and Instagram. You can always email us as well, finaltakepod at gmail.com. We do want to know your final takes. I want to know what people thought about Soul, and I really want to know what people thought about Wonder Woman 1984. 
I want to know your final takes. Please send them to us on social media. Tag us. Um, whatever you got to do to send it our way. Please, please, please uh, follow us on Twitter because every Wednesday night I do a movie. I do a hashtag final take watch along. We watch a movie and we tweet about it. And shout out to everybody that's been involved um, previously. It's always a fun time. So if you're looking to watch a movie with some people, follow the hashtag, follow us. Be sure to subscribe and listen on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. And leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Please helps us become more discoverable. And five stars are the only way to go. Next it week. Is the way. This is the way. Next week, first episode of 2021. Mm-hmm. Heyo. That's exciting. Yeah, hopefully it starts off a good year. We are looking back on our favorite movies of 2020. It's been a strange year for movies, obviously. Mm-hmm. We're going to tell you what we enjoyed the most, what we did not enjoy, and why it was so difficult to make that list. Because I'm still in the process of making the list. I'm a big list guy. and I, I overthink. I'm a tinker. I overthink, and I, I like to tinker with my lists. It's going to be tough. And we're, we're talking strictly movies that were released in 2020. Strictly. And so I think that's an important distinction because movies that certain people have had access to in 2020 but the general public have not will not be included on the list i'm namely speaking of nomadland has a lot of people have been able to see it this year because it's been at festivals and or media previews or whatever doesn't come out until like march of 21 mm-hmm. not on our list because we have not been able to see it yeah so to that point um we are also getting a new intro theme song next week that I made up. Very excited for it. And uh, yeah, I'm very excited about that. New year, new I, theme song. I contributed to it too. <laughs> you did. You, I mean, you made the bulk of the choices mm. in the theme song. I just I just put it together. So um, I think they were all fairly appropriate. I think they're, they're all very good parts. Um, it's a nice new theme song. And then we're also going to be talking about our most anticipated movies for 2021 in the next few weeks. Mm-hmm. Spoiler alert. As long as they can come out in 2021. <laughs> as long as they stay coming out in 21, they're going to make the list. Mm. Um, they're all going to be Marvel movies. <laughs> for you, yes. For me. I hate to say it. Thanks for listening. Be sure to stay safe. Social distance. Wear your mask. Do it. We'll see you next week. See you next week. Go watch the movies. Watch them. There's two new ones. We two just reviewed new them. ones. <laughs> Go listen to them. Go watch them. No, don't don't just listen to them. That would just be <laughs> actually watch them. Go watch them. Yeah. <laughs> See you next week. See ya. Bye. Bye.